On this episode of AV Week, we take a look at when live events and staging will come back together. Uh, touchless AV and protecting your AV techs. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 455, recorded Friday, May 8th, 2020. Touchless AV. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box, and by Christie Digital, and by Draper, focused on innovative solutions, and by Biam. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, Megan Della from SEN. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, staying in the state of Illinois, because that's where I am and that's all that matters. Uh, it's Jeremy Caldera coming down the pipe, uh, down 55 and not 57, 55 and over 74 uh, in uh, beautiful uh, Peoria slash East Peoria. Uh, Mr. Caldera, how are you, sir? I am excellent. Excellent. Uh, he is with IAS. Uh, and last but not least, in the beautiful state, uh, the Sunshine State, is uh, Kate Calderon. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so a couple things real quick. Actually, Kate uh, was featured this week, and we're going to talk about that uh, real briefly. Should go to our website or go to Megan's website, either one, if you want to read. Actually, you have our, vi- our video up there, too. So if you want to read and watch, Go to avnetwork.com, uh, all of the SC and the nine. If you just want to read or, or watch or listen, uh, you can go to our website. But uh, we're featuring Megan's SC and the nine, uh, nine of the most promising up and coming young AV professionals. This week it was Kate and two of her cohorts uh, over the next, next couple of weeks will be highlighting the rest of the six. So, anything about them, Megan? How wonderful they are. How awesome They're they are. all wonderful, and you can find all the stories on their site. And we have a list on Twitter, so if you want to follow them on Twitter, because all nine are active on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, they are, all are. So, All right, guys, uh, let's kick this off. First and foremost, from our friends over at AV Magazine, um, September expected to be significant for events sector. Uh, this is a survey of events professionals. Uh, this is over in the UK, but it, it's going to translate here, I'm, I'm expecting, which is what I'm going to talk to you all about. We're all living in, in a virtual environment right now. Um, Infocom has gone virtual, Infocom Connected. A number of folks are putting together um, virtual events instead of their, their usual in-person. We here at Ammunition uh, are helping out um, a number of folks with the, those as well. Oh, yeah. But September feels like a long way away, right? Um, to be frank, ISE feels like a long way away. Uh, you know, it, it's, um, it was only, you know, two and a half months ago that that actually all four of us were in Amsterdam. And now we're staring down uh, the middle of, of June uh, where Infocom will be virtual. Uh, a number of us uh, will be involved with that as well. September though, and, and obviously none of us are medical doctors. None of us are, are work for the CDC. I'm not asking for a medical uh, prognosis here. What I am asking though is, is this report and this survey too rosy, uh, or is it pretty much in line with what you guys are hearing? Caldera, we'll start with you on this. Um, I was a very much an optimist, an optimist, I'd say two to three weeks ago. I'm very much a pessimist now. Class went from half full to half empty, right? Uh, I anticipate um, 
major stuff not opening up till at least the end of the year. Wow, okay. Right. In the state of Illinois, I don't see it until 2021. If you, in my honest opinion, in the state of Illinois, dead serious. Um, I, I've actually had some meetings with some churches about you know going online and going virtual and upgrading cameras and stuff like that. Can't get cameras that are on back order till July now. So many people want them. Yeah. Uh, but they are anticipating not being able to be open until at least Christmas time. Right. Yeah. Many of the churches that I'm, they're, so they're just prepping for that now because they just, you know, most of the capacity of these churches is more than 50 people. And, yeah. you know, you, Tim, living in the state of Illinois, you know what, what our governor's plan is and, and the, you know, what goes with that. So as far as the event industry as a whole goes, uh, at least in the Midwest, um, I mean, events, that's always more than 50 people if you're going to be renting sound gear and everything else, right? So um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know anymore. Like even I even worry about ISC, right? I mean, what what is going to be the new normal? That's the question that I don't think, you know, like I said, when we were in Amsterdam together, there's none of us would have fathomed that this is what this would have turned into, right, at this point in time. Um, so I, I don't know. Like it's it's just – it's so up in the air right now. And, you know, my personal opinions aside, I, you know, we'll, we'll just say that we just don't know. All right. Kate, same kind of question here is your Kate's outside of Orlando or in our, in Orlando, um, big, huge, uh, convention area, uh, big, huge convention and live staging area. What are you hearing or what are you seeing when it comes to where we're, when we're going to get back to some sort of live events areas? Yeah, as much as I would love to say, yeah, September, we're going to start seeing some things starting back up. Um, like Jeremy said, it unfortunately isn't looking or sounding good, in my personal opinion. Um, I know Orlando-wise, travel industry-wise, and hospitality-wise, Disney is, I heard planning on somehow opening up in June and July. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but again, they're also saying because we are opening back up and what a lot of people think is too soon, there could be a second and third wave coming this fall too. So, which would mean, you know, our September, October, November things will not be happening. So we will see. Yeah. Megan, let, let's be frank here. Disney is closed down. Right. Uh, and when Disney closed down, it, it's um, I, I, what is it? The FEMA has a, a Waffle House um, uh, 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 extreme level. Right. That's their emergency level. When, when Waffle House closes down for the FEMA and I'm not making this up, when Waffle House closes down, it, it's when the crap really hits the fan. Uh, and for those of you outside the U.S., if you ever come here, I will treat you to a Waffle House um, uh, completely covered um, hash browns. But uh, Vegas is closed down. Disney is closed down currently, right? However, uh, just like Florida is starting to open up, Georgia is starting to open up, Texas is. Yes, uh, the three of us are in the state of Illinois. They have a four or five stage plan through the end of the year. I don't understand all of it, I'll be frank. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a slow roll type thing. Is September uh, when it's going to happen or are we looking at 2021 or being really pessimistic 2022? I'm saying summer 2021. I okay. have doubts about ISE. I don't think CES is going to happen. And like Kate said, everyone's predicting there's going to be a second wave in the fall. I just don't. I mean, Cedia right now is going full strength saying they're having the event, but the convention center is a hospital right now. Yeah. 
not only are people not going to want to travel, there's going to be so much social distancing. I just don't see how you could do a physical event like a trade show with that. And the one thing about Cedia, at least for us, and, and like Megan, she has a number of, of contractors, we have Matt Scott. And um, Matt is Canadian. And as much as we make fun of Mr. Scott for being Canadian, he can't get in the country right now. Um, and, and I don't know when he'll be able to. Right, uh, Matt is is covers our, our residential um, stuff for us, and he is the anchor of our CDA coverage. Now, does that mean that that I have to learn uh, what X10 is? No, <laughs> we have other smart people for that. But um, but yeah, that that is a concern, regardless of whether they do it or not. Uh, you look at DSC uh, Digital Science Expo; they are one of the few shows that have postponed and are holding to a September date, which is when they they pushed off theirs. A number of other folks uh, who are doing regional shows are looking at, you know, October, November. Then you look at the, at the global scale and Infocom specifically. Um, they have a number of shows that are global, regional, uh, global shows like uh, Infocom India, Infocom China, which they pushed off, Singapore, which they pushed off. Uh, so, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see where we hit with, with the second or third wave and, and when we all kind of get back to, you know, being together, I guess. All right, folks. Uh, next story comes to us from, uh, or actually us, um, is from uh, kind of Mark Del Judas and um, George Fournier uh, sat down with us and, and kind of gave us a, an overview of the ways that, that our folks can stay uh, safe and, and AV integrators can stay safe. And I want to pick on uh, pick a thing from, from George. George Fournier has been a, a firefighter for many, many years. And he talks about using hazmat emergency equipment. And Kate, I want to start with you on this. As our folks are going back into place, as they're going back into workplaces, um, we need to make sure that they are safe, right? Mm -hmm. How can we educate our integrators and our friends, right, who are in uh, the industry to make sure that they have the proper equipment, the, the personal protective equipment to do their job safely? I would love to see one of our organizations, I know Megan and I were chatting a little bit about this, like I know legally they can't um, really come out and make a full health regulation list like specifically for integrators, but some type of checklist or guidelines that they can give the integrators to say, hey, not only do you have this specific checklist of when you go on a job site, everything that you should be having, but also now here's new safety guidelines and different things that you could also have. Not only that, but like where can they find these different PPE, um, like shields and masks and gloves? Because a lot of people are still having a really hard time also finding them. Um, so I think just starting to put out resources of where they can find these things to protect their people and then also some type of guideline checklist uh, whether it goes in their company rule book, something, um, to just help start changing the way that everyone's thinking about it when they go on job sites. Cause I don't know if, if it really has been thought about yet. Um, I know a lot of people are starting to go back on job sites if they, if they haven't been, um, yeah. Megan, is this something like Kate said, where something like somebody like Avixa or Cedia or NSCA, uh, can come out and say these are our recommendations obviously from a legal standpoint and an insurance standpoint They probably shouldn't say you should do this and we guarantee it. However, 
putting something out there that says these are our guidelines, right? These are the uh, things that we've talked to really smart people about and this is what they're saying? Or is it more on the individual integrator and manufacturer when they start sending people out? I think it can be on everybody to make sure that they're doing the best that they can do for their employees, which are like their family. I think an association guideline would be nice talking to, you know, whoever they need to talk to that are medical experts, not necessarily, you know, an integration firm will have ideas about what their employees should be doing, but they're not medical experts. I think organizations like Avixa could be talking to people like that. And I also think Avixa could be talking to legislature and making sure things are regulated where they should be and getting advice from integrators into where they should not be regulating things like this. Yeah. Jeremy, you're the one integrator on here. Uh, so I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you what you're doing, but no. should this, should this be on, you know, what should we do? I guess is the best way to put that to it make should sure not that, be on a VIX's radar. Yeah. Right. At all. Um, I, I mean, they should be maybe lobbying or something on behalf of, of their membership with the events industry and getting people up and working. But like Kate said, this legal issue is about protective stuff. You could give guidelines. I got a really interesting webinar from the NSCA, which I logged on to, and I was like, come on, guys. Like, there's no new information here, right? Every integration firm needs to take responsibility for themselves and their employees, right? Uh, the state of Illinois has mandated us as an essential business working within state organizations such as University of Illinois, other places like that, where we have to have an active COVID-19 PPE plan in place within the organization. So we've had to take the time, invest the time to, to put a plan together, if you will, right? It was the right thing to do anyways, but it was required if we wanted to get back on the job site. I mean, we're working. We're working in state buildings, not the Capitol, um, but, you know, universities, other places, as long as and it's been useful because there's been places that have been shut down and we've been able to say hey can we come in anyways because we have this response plan in place and they said oh yeah sure right so uh we just did that on you know just because we kind of had to uh, but there's no one size fits all so that's why i don't think avixa should have their hand in that pie right because what's required here in illinois is different than what's required in kansas which is different than california which is different than florida which is you know what i mean so um I think just that the integration companies have to take the responsibility for themselves and, and their employees, especially small companies like ours, where we're just a small, tight-knit family. So. I just want to clarify, I just was not saying that they should say what's required. I think they can help provide guidelines. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I mean, what? sure. It's, gener it's going to be generic, though, and it's going to be no different than anything else that we've already got. Uh, and that's just my opinion. Right. So let me ask you this, if, if you can share, because, you know, uh, obviously, yes, it, Jeremy is in the state of Illinois. Uh, so those guidelines are going to be specific to the state of Illinois. And the one thing I, I am still continued fast, continually fascinated by, by the more, with more people I meet overseas, is the federalization of, our, of the U.S., right? Uh, folks don't understand uh, some of the guidelines that we, 50 states, uh, are, are so different, right? Um, fact that Georgia is open and Texas is and, and we are not, the three, three are not. Uh, Florida is starting to open up a little bit more, actually, more than we are. Um, but we are localized by and large. Jeremy, can you share with, with what was in that plan or what they asked you to be in that plan? 
It's there's nothing really drastic, right? It's uh, the masks are required. Um, you know, employees have to take their temperature daily. Uh, make sure that you know what to do when you ex when you have symptoms. What the plan is to place for employees who do experience symptoms and self quarantining. Uh, it's just a matter of documentation, right? It's documentation. You know, we follow the CDC guidelines, and and it's like a two page document that we had to write. Uh, and then stating social distancing and, and but it, it's pretty in line with what the federal government's been doing, right? Okay. It's just that specifically within the state of Illinois, we had to have a plan together. It's just taking the time and putting it together and writing the paperwork, right, to, to allow us to do that. And like I said, the association, as much as they can give those guidelines, that's all they're going to do. That's all they can do is give the CDC recommended guidelines, right? Because that's what on a federal level will work. Keep in mind that even though the state of Illinois is like California, is like New York, the hotbeds of the country, right? Um, uh, they're following the same thing. It's just a matter of what the specific businesses that can and cannot operate are uh, that are different, in my opinion. The actual guidelines as to how to protect yourself and your employees are pretty much universal. Very good. Last story here actually comes to us from Megan and uh, her organization, SCN. Uh, our old friend, Margot Dewahi, not or she's not old. She's been, never mind, uh, wrote, writes a story about um, how technology can actually can help us in uh, this upcoming uh, reality. Because as we all come out of this, uh, the increase uh, in the, for demand for touchless AV solutions uh, is what Dr. Dewahi is writing about. And she actually interviews uh, Brandy Alvarado. Mad Systems talking about, quote unquote, the desire for touchless installations may translate into the integration of more sensors to provide touch-free controls and facial recognition. Uh, Megan, we're going to start with you on this. Is this something you're, you're seeing come down the pipeline, both from an integration standpoint, but also from manufacturers we're all talking to as they get ready to gear up and show us their latest, greatest things? Is this another piece of R&D that they're all starting to get, in, get, get into? I think they're all definitely working on it. I mean, we've seen a couple kind of COVID-related press releases, but everyone I've talked to is working on different solutions. And one thing I think Brandy says in here that's really interesting is this might kind of put VR to a screeching halt because the equipment, you know, we've been pumping it up. Like VR is going to be pro-AV. It's going to be great. We're going to start incorporating it. We're all trying to figure out how, but you have to, especially with headsets, there's so much touch involved and so much cleaning needed because it's going to be on your face, it might stop it for a long time. Maybe is this the death of the VR headset for us for now? Who knows? I but so. I think it's interesting. <laughs> you love it, Jeremy. Well, hey, hang on a second, Keller, because you, you, at the, towards the end of the article, uh, Margot writes about the smartphone experience, right? Uh, this is something that it's not VR, it's AR. So AR is augmented reality. Um, and that's something, though, that is totally, it's your own personal device, right? And uh, you, it, you're, you're looking through the lens of your cell phone. And then on the other side, you're seeing whatever the programmer wants you to see as far as there's the real world and then there's the augmented world. Is that, maybe it's the death of VR, but is it the, the rise or, or gives AR a, a foothold here now? Yes. I, I mean, I've, I've always thought AR was way cooler than VR. Right. Um, I, I think that because of the personal device thing, that's what's going to improve that. That's where we're going to see everything going. Right. Um, and it's not just manufacturers, even my end users. I talked earlier about, a, you know, the church thing, right, mm -hmm. where they are going to be out. They are even starting to anticipate things like hymnals in the back of pews no longer being a thing. State mandated. 
right? Because multiple people touching it throughout the day mm-hmm. at various times. So how do they bring that experience to the personal device or to big monitors or to whatever they're going to do, right? So we're going to see that on all aspects from end users to manufacturers to, you know, you know, is there a new market for the AV integrator here, which is a good thing because we're always looking for new markets because like we've always said for the past couple of years, the death of the traditional AV integrator has come, right? If you're not on board with, with a lot of the new technologies and everything else, this is just another one of those new technologies that we need to figure out and how to do it. Uh, I know one of the things that we're actually working on is doing high definition virtual tours right now, right? As, as a thing, right? There's museums and, in in whatever that, that, that are closed, right? Yeah. So how do they keep their membership uh, happy for people who are paying membership dues? And we're talking about doing, you know, straight just virtual tours like Google Street View kind of stuff, right? Mm. Uh, just another market to get into. So yeah, Absolutely. And that's one thing with the House of Worship. Um, hymnals is not something I've thought of in, in, a, few, in a number of years. Um, no, me neither. Yeah. Mainly because the, the, the churches that I go to don't have them anymore. So, uh, yeah, that, well, that is something. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that yeah. there is that. You know, um, sit, stand, sit, stand, hymnal, hymnal, you know. <laughs> that's Jeremy Caldera at IAS Technology. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kate, uh, wrap this up for us, please. Is this something we are going to see where it, we're going to be more and more uh, less touch when it comes to AB? I'm excited to see exactly how this happens, especially as, like I said, I'm in Orlando. Disney's probably opening in June or July. Um, And Brandy talks about more of the experiential design about how when you enter a theme park or enter to go into the ride and stand in queue before you uh, go on to a roller coaster of how, um, you know, AR and uh, different sensors go off so that uh, a docent comes in front of you to talk to you and still be engaging. It'll be interesting. I think a lot of, we will see it, especially coming from some of our theme parks as well. Um, I mean, we've already seen some of it at the theme parks, but I think they're going to amp it up and it'll be interesting to watch. Is this something where, and, and we wrote a piece on on the Magic Band a number of years ago when it, when it first came out, and Disney's Magic Band, real briefly, yep. if you're not familiar with it, uh, and if you haven't been to Disney World in what, 10 years maybe? Uh, Kate, probably eight yeah. or nine years. Um, it is an RFID. Uh, that's a it's a bracelet that you that you wear. It's a wristband, and uh, it's everything. It's your credit card. It's your room key. It's your ticket to the to the to the um, uh, amusement park. Mm-hmm. Is this maybe something where Disney can even leverage that even more for some of these touchless interactive uh, experiences? Absolutely. Um, I know it literally houses everything. Uh, from wait times, it tells you your schedule that you're on. Um, you can make reservations through it, and it's all done through your your phone app as well. Um, so I think, I think it's just going to grow even more to the point where you may not have to actually be engaging with humans at the park. It might be leveraged by a whole lot more. Oh, technology. let's not be silly. There's too many humans there. Not that you need somebody. <laughs> I mean, like actual Disney employees. Uh-oh. I think it'll be interesting actual cast members yes cast members yeah. yes unless you want to you stand in line and get your picture taken with them so yeah all right uh that's going to do it for us uh thank you all so much um mr caldera thank you sir oh uh, no problem glad to be here uh how do people find you or ias uh ias technology.net or uh jeremy underscore caldera on the twitter all right very good kate thank you so much as always and congratulations again on the sc and the nine thank you super excited about that and how do people get a hold of you if they are so inclined? 
You can find me on Twitter at tastefullykate or my email is kate at katecalderon.com. All right, very good. And last but not least, my buddy, Ms. Megan Dutta. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for having me. You can follow the latest AV news at avnetwork.com and you can find SCN on Twitter at SCNMag and you can find me on Twitter at Megan A. Dutta. No H because H's are ew. Ew. I still don't get that <laughs> joke. All right. Uh, which is why I'm referred to as dad by a lot of people, which is fine. Uh, cause I still have my hair Caldera, uh, but for this me, on purpose. uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. Cause it's been two months since I've had a haircut too. That's the other thing. Um, don't go, don't follow me on the Twitters, uh, but go by the website. If you would please avnation.tv that's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including our other weekly program that is hosted by my buddy, Matt Scott. He covers the residential uh, market. And actually, he'll be talking with a young man from Hong Kong on uh, this next coming week. So that'll be interesting. Um, our old buddy, uh, Bruno Napoli, uh, got a job in Hong Kong. And we were arranging some things and getting him on, uh, talking about some stuff over there. Um, so also, uh, watch that website over the next course of the next couple of weeks. We're doing some uh, changing and rearranging. So uh, check that out as well. Also, go by the uh, underwriter section. These are the folks who help us financially help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and all the others and the coverage that we will be covering uh, what comes out of Infocom uh, Connected. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Mm-hmm.